everybody, and welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's the Dream Master is with me today? Uh, Dream Master, Stefan JD. Dream Master, Andrew Davis. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. That was off, right off the top of my head. Uh, so. it's going very Freddy Krueger here. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking after I said it. I'm like, that's probably not the right choice as I'm talking. Okay, before we get too far... I want to give a quick shout out to another podcast I'd mentioned earlier in this month called Movement Radio. It's a podcast for professional wrestling tag team, the Movement Talk, about topics such as wrestling, sports, haunted places, and many other subjects they kind of touch on. So if you need another podcast to add to your rotation, give them a listen and let them know we sent we sent uh, we sent them your way. Or you, you know, I did not say it. We sent them. We sent you their way. Yeah, <laughs> gave you a uh, map, and there you go. I blame the Angry Orchard. I'm, I'm drinking, but probably not it. <laughs> Long day. All right. Um, Stefan, since this was something that you had recommended for us, a comic that I knew existed but never had read, you want to introduce what, what you picked out for us, what we're reading this week? Talk about sure. Uh, I just want to give another quick PSA, though, before we start, that Mike is... He's not technically having problems with his microphone or something, but if he cuts out a little bit, we want to apologize for that. Uh, but I'm otherwise... <laughs> what? Yeah, but otherwise, uh, we are reading the uh, Vertigo comic, which is a like subsidiary of DC Comics. Uh, the Sandman by Neil Gaiman, which was uh, has artists Sam Keith and Mike Dringen, Dringenberg, Jill Thompson, a lot of artists. <laughs> but it was a 70 plus. And we're covering uh, volume one. Yeah, because it was like 70 plus comics. So we're just doing issues one through eight. And of course, there will be spoilers for this, of course, but you have been warned. Yeah, but it came out It came out in 1989, so... <laughs> we probably still warn them. <laughs> yeah. There are people... Okay, this is off top, but I'm going to say it anyway. I had When I was talking about when I was playing Final Fantasy IV earlier this year, and I posted something, but I was like, spoilers! And he was serious. I thought he was kidding. I'm like, this game came out on Super Nintendo. I don't think spoilers count, spoilers take count anymore, guys. Like... <laughs> you know, just because you might have stayed oblivious to something. I mean, that's cool, but you can't be upset when you're in a gaming group and a gaming group posts something from a game that came out in the 90s. Like, it'll be okay. Uh, especially so. if they give a PSA. <laughs> yeah. give a PSA. I just posted pictures and said hi. So. <laughs> oh, and this is, and we picked this comic mainly because we wanted to have a spooky comic for our October spooky com- spooktober that we were doing that I yes. am ready to be done with. <laughs> <laughs> I am not into spooky things. Yes. Oh, and here I am. <laughs> it's kind of a spooky comic, I guess. I don't know. Would you want to explain how it starts, Mike? Oh, sure, I can. I can try. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this isn't. One, I do want to say this is part of the DC universe and not part of the DC universe at the same time. At least back then, it wasn't. Um, Vertical was something a little different. It was a DC imprint, so they published it, and it has some of their characters, but it didn't really fit in the same universe. I want to say, like, you aren't going to have. Oh, am I explaining it right? I would say that Vertigo was a little bit more adult, is what it was. It was still DC, uh, too. but it, yeah, it was a little bit more adult. It's kind of like Marvel Knights. Oh, God. Or Image Comics in general. <laughs> but, okay. uh, so this starts off in, I think it's what, 1930s? I want to say. I want to say before that. Yeah. It is. It's June 6th, 1916, England. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so I was reading this first issue and I was just confused because it it has a, an old guy talking to cultists and i'm being reminded of Os- oscar crowley i want to mm-hmm. say that's the guy's yeah. name 
the cultist that was I think he might have been later, but it reminded me of that. And it kind of talks about just different horse, this different like de- this deity that they're trying to get. Cause the cultists are having a ceremony in the basement, of course. And they're all wearing robes, of course. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're trying to get the deity of death because they're dumbasses. So <laughs> well, yeah, never trying seems like a good to... plan. Yeah. I mean, uh, anything. If you're trying to catch a god, first thing you, you you might want to have more in that circle, but hey, it works. But also, why would you want to get the god of death? Like to me, that just seems or the deity, whatever the hell this thing is, just it seems a little crazy. Yeah, and, and they they screw it up too because it, it's kind of like cooking. They think that they can replace like garlic salt with basil, and it'll still be a fine combination. But they what happened? They, basically, I mean, not the garlic they, part, but they, yeah, yeah, they try to summon death. And they try to capture it because they want to be immortal and live forever. But they accidentally don't catch death, which is kind of like a lady. They catch death's brother, which is the Sandman. And he kind of and they they have like a little circle where he can't exit it because of the spell that's cast around it. So when they summon him, he's trapped in that bubble and they strip him of his helmet. They strip him of his necklace, his jewelry and then of his clothing. So he's basically naked. And he's that super helmet. pale, long black hair. He, lo- he kind of looks like the crow. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, the helmet. A helmet just makes me... I just did not understand that helmet. <laughs> it kind of looks like uh, something from Aliens. I don't like it. It, it looks like <laughs> a very messed up gas mask. And I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, I mean, this character just comes out, has a ruby necklace around his neck, a bag, a bag of sand, I guess, well, sand, but I didn't know what the hell it was. Sand, And this yeah. really weird mask. Looks like an alien wearing a gas mask. Mm-hmm. Just don't understand. Yeah, but they uh, they they use a book that's the main guy. His name is Burgess, I think, and it's given to him by a guy named Jonathan Hitchcock or something. And he wants to bring his son back from the dead, and he thinks that Burgess summoning death and giving them immortality is going to be able to do that. But the problem is when they get the Sandman, uh, Hitchcock or whatever his name is he realizes that Burgess is just completely freaking evil. And he not only can't fulfill his promise, but that he's using all of their money to keep this whole thing going because they're kind of like, like a super cult that's being funded by the rich of the time. They also put him in a giant glass ball, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Which is also strange. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes on yeah. as, I think it goes on for a few years. Well, Overall, while he's in this ball, I know it goes on for years, but early on, one of the people who helped him get the guy betrays him and runs away with the three artifacts of the Sandman, the mask, the sandbag, and the jewel. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's the 1920s. Oh, 1930. Sorry. <laughs> right. So, and it kind of shows you how he's been, you know, as time goes on, he's getting older, getting crazier, because, you know, that's what goes along when you're evil, evil right. professor in this. <laughs> and the whole time the Sandman is just sitting there like, I'm just going to wait until I can get out of here. He doesn't say a single word to any of them. So they through the years, you just see them like conjoling him, saying they're going to do this and that to him if he doesn't give them what they want. And he just stands there, stares at him and says absolutely nothing. And the guy who ran off with the <laughs> artifacts, he, he gets uh, betrayed, I think, or no. Yes. They have a the yeah, girl he gets betrayed. 
Yeah, and the girl leaves, and she takes two of the artifacts, I think. One of them. Um, D, she takes do you the remember? amulet, for sure. No, I don't remember that part. I'm looking okay. at it right now. To look at it he right sold now. the helmet to somebody in... He sold it to a he demon. Sold, yeah, the amulet he sold to a demon. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. No, I think it was the helmet. The helmet? Yeah, okay, yeah, the helmet. The helmet. Because, yeah, he's right, the helmet. I'm, I think he takes the amulet, too, or maybe he... No, he leaves the amulet, and the amulet protects him, and then when, when his wife leaves, she takes the amulet, or whoever she is, and that's what... And then he ends up dying, because the amulet was keeping him safe. Right, because what happens is when Burgess finds out of the betrayal, they start having this very small magic war across the globe where they're trying to cast spells on each other, but the guy who ran off with it because he gave the helmet to the demon and he has the amulet, he's able to ward off the spells until he loses it, and then he's basically slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really gory picture, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and then uh, one of the other panels it shows, it, it goes in 1940. Yes. No, go ahead. Okay. It shows in 1947, and it shows the old man, and I didn't catch this. Until I read the comic, I didn't realize he's standing right at the edge of the circle. In the circle, it's just painted on that we're talking about. It's not nothing, not made out of metal. Nothing lasts. It just they drew on the ground, like don't touch the ground, buddy. And he's standing there, mm -hmm. and he's crying, and saying how you know he should help him, and that he won't, he's never going to let him go. And then the old man dies. And throughout this issue, they're also showing that there's all these people who can't wake up. who have been like sleep comas for years, right? Because the Sandman, which they don't, huh? do they know the Sandman? No. no. Okay. But the deity yeah. that they trapped is just stuck in there, and he's helped people sleep, I guess. <laughs> so. Right. So there's like a one of the sad stories that came out of that is um, I forget her name now, but there's a girl, an eight year old girl who goes to sleep, and she wakes up, and then when she goes back to sleep, she sleeps longer than she did previously. So she's starting to sleep longer and longer and longer, and eventually she's in a sleeping coma. To where later on we find out that not only was she raped in the coma, but she had a child. And then she starts dreaming of this child that she had, which it's super sad and <laughs> kind super of gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all these things are it's happening across the globe. And the Sandman, because he's trapped in the circle he can't help them dream and wake up or go back to sleep because there's also a soldier who can't go to sleep who takes his life because he's just going insane being awake for a year which i don't even know how that's possible physically <laughs> i think there's also one that's like just endlessly like sleepwalking mm -hmm. like he's just stuck in like a zombie state oh yeah that's right yeah unspeaking but sleepwalk through his world and uh, the the old man who has dream in the circle when he's going away in his wheelchair, he's like, take me back up to wherever he's going is better, whatever. <laughs> the, the wheelchair slides over the circle and breaks the spell. So now all all the Sandman has to do is escape the bubble and he starts to fake like he's playing dead so that they come down and the guards are like, well, that's never happened before. He's never done that. And they open the door, and as soon as they open the door, he blows sand in all their faces. And what happens to him is they go into an endless sleep, is what it's called. Dreamless sleep, endless sleep. Yeah, close so, enough. And uh, basically what it is is they continuously are caught in dreams. So when they wake up, they think they're out of the dream, but they're just in another oh, dream. Uh, eternal waking, I think it's called. 
eternal waking that's what it is yeah and it's kind of fucked up <laughs> yep, it's, it just seems horrifying just every time you think you're you wake up out of that nightmare then you're back in it yeah it's inception <laughs> basically <laughs> also the asshole one thing we had mentioned they had guards around this bubble 24 7 for like 50 60 years however long or more than that, maybe 70, 70 years. To 19, yep, 70. You know, long time. There's a pay people to sit here and watch the Naked Man. <laughs> I do like <laughs> it that after he's escaping, he's escaping through their dreams after he blows the sand on them, and it shows him running around grabbing food and clothes from the mm-hmm. dream, <laughs> which I just thought was funny, at least the food part. Oh. Yep. And I think he explains, too, at some point that the time he spent in there his like time to him is the same as time to humans. So he says 70 years. Can you imagine how long that was? That's a human's life. And it went at a snail's pace. And he's, and I think he's talking to the grandson or the son of the guy who imprisoned him. And he's like, um, yeah, he goes to the guy who's old now Mm -hmm. and is sleeping. The son is all old, but also like we were talking about with that girl. Um, And then all the people start to wake up. Like the, the sleepwalker finally stopped sleepwalking the girl who's been in the coma all this time, wakes up, and it's a real sad scene where she's like, I dreamed I had a baby, and I just, my brain didn't comprehend when I read this until just now what happened. Like, oh, that's more fucked up than I realized. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, actually, surprisingly enough, the book didn't click until after he escaped. Then I was like, oh, now I'm on board. Now I'm starting to get it. it Yeah, it was about the same for me. Yeah, yeah. You just don't you just don't know because it's going through all these like explanations of people dreaming and time's going really fast over the years and people are getting older and all these things are happening. So you just you just don't know what's going on at first. And you kind of have like to... a lot to take in with the uh, first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it didn't that... draw me in right away either. And then when he, he does find the, the son of the old man and he makes him pay the price for what he did, he does the same thing where he puts him in this forever sleep or where he doesn't realize he's asleep and yeah it's it's terrible endless mm-hmm. nightmare or something like that endless waking yeah okay mm-hmm. eternal waking oh eternal waking yep <laughs> close enough it's the same <laughs> like, it's just... the <laughs> hey i'll just have the issue <laughs> but he but he so he thinks he's awake and he's seeing all these weird things happening like a nightmare like his nurse all of her head just falls off there's talking to him so very nightmarish things yeah where mm-hmm. he's like he said his is a nightmare everlasting eternal waking which i don't know why they don't just call it nightmare everlasting but hey i don't write conflicts well i don't want to knock neil gaiman and i'm pretty sure this isn't true but i do kind of wonder if any part of freddy krueger helped in the making of this just <laughs> I'm just curious about that if, if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i'm just curious because <laughs> it's very close to dream nightmares yeah <laughs> but um kill you you're dead so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, his journey after that, after he escapes, is to seek nourishment and gain his items back. And there's three items which we decided each of us are going to explain the items separately. Uh, D, do you want to take the first one with John Constantine? Yeah, I'll take the first one. Okay. Basically, I believe John Constantine just bought like a bag of sand. Um, mm hmm. Does it ever explain why he bought that? Like, he doesn't want to use it at all. I think he was at a yard sale, and he yeah, just, he just knew bought it that at a yard it sale. had, yeah, it had magic powers, and he's like, oh, well, I'll just get it, because I know it's, there's something about it that I need to, like, I need it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm basically like his junky girlfriend just stole it from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. <laughs> well, one thing I do like about it is right as it starts off, because the Sandman is heading, because in the issue two, Sandman had went to some other places within the supernatural world, and they he's able to contact the three, I think of like the three witches, kind of like from Hocus Pocus. And cool. he's able to, and they tell him, they give him, they will answer three, will answer one question each. So then that's how he kind of finds out where all his items are. And as Andrew mentioned, that it didn't get stolen by by a by a druggy girlfriend. A I was, yeah. Oh yeah, junk. Also, my brain just stopped. It's like nothing's there. Nothing's there. <laughs> and I do like it that as he's walking around, everywhere he goes, he his radios and they keep playing Mr. Sandman, won't you give me a dream? Bum, 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 bum. And it just keeps playing that at all these different places, which I thought was a really funny thing. He just keeps hearing Mr. Sandman and I think mm-hmm. he even says somewhere he's like, "Yep, something's wrong here." <laughs> yeah, and he... yeah, he says something like, um, "Something's trying to tell me somebody," or I think that's how he words it. So, uh, that somebody's coming or something. Yes, it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he bought it at a garage sale in San Francisco. Yeah, but his uh, it's kind of sad. I mean, the, I don't want to say that this whole story is sad, but there's a lot of sad crap it's in it. Close to uh, it. He, when John Constantine and uh, the Sandman, whose name is uh, Mobius, Morpheus. I got nothing. I think it's Mobius. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll talk real quick while you're looking that up. But also, like, he's looking for the pouch, and, like, he doesn't even even know where it is. He's looking for it, looking, and all of a sudden he realizes, okay, that that it got stolen by his ex-girlfriend from years ago. Mm -hmm. Which we had mentioned before, when when they go to her house, it turns out she's a junkie. And been my Sam. And when they find the the apartment that she's in, all the like monsters of like the dreams and nightmares or whatever are kind of protecting her. And Sandman kind of casts them aside and he's like, you know, go back to your place. And they're like, Master? And then they realize that he's come for them. So they kind of go back into the sand and he goes in there and they both see his junkie girlfriend who is like deteriorated. Like her skin's starting to like peel off and she's kind of lost her mind. And John Constantine asks the Sandman, he's like, can you please do something about this? We can't leave her like this. And the Sandman basically puts her to sleep and then puts her to death, basically. Which it's weird that his sister doesn't show up, but yeah. He puts her in in a dream and then the dream shows where her and John are together. And it's like, did you miss me then? He's like, nah. And then she's like, bastard, love you. And I know. And, and then he, and like, okay, I thought for a second that maybe he did something. Then you realize that and the next, the next scene shows that he just killed her, but he mm-hmm. let her die. Not knowing that, you know, able to die. He basically just wanted to give her like a peaceful death. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, uh, dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool though, that, um, right at the end of it, there's like a little hint of happiness where John Constantine asks, uh M- M- morpheus 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 he oh, says morpheus? Oh, okay. is it um, you keep uh, going. yeah he says uh he says i've been having a lot of nightmares and i was just he's like i know you don't i i don't have a favor from you or anything but is there any way you can take them away and he's like yeah i understand and then that's when he starts john constantine starts walking away singing mr sandman bring me a treat ding 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 
Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. <laughs> I'll introduce the next part, then I'll let you take it away from here. So one thing we, I don't think we, we kind of brushed on the, the three items, because the problem is the three items are where he put a lot of his power into, and without these items, he can't become full Sandman again. And that's why he's mm. seeking these items. The sandbag, the mask, which looks like Alien, and the ruby. And the second item, he ends up having to go to hell. Right. The mask. Because this leads back to the guy before who was seeking help from the magic that was being cursed on him by Burgess. And he made that deal with that demon. And the demon has the other piece that the Sandman's after. So he goes to hell, <laughs> which is great. I actually like the way they drew hell in here because it's just barren. And the walls of hell are just made of bodies and... Pieces like it also people. like takes parts of like Dante's Inferno and puts it in there. Mm-hmm. It's creepy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> but it's great. It's it's great. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll go with great. <laughs> I did like to introduce Etrigan. Oh yeah, Etrigan is the one who leads him to Morningstar, Lucifer, and uh, he doesn't actually really play a big part. But it is weird that Etrigan's in hell. I don't know where he usually is. <laughs> he's a de- he's a, a a man possessed with a demon. He's in the Justice League cartoon, so he's he's a big yellow go- goblin looking demon thing with a red with a blue cape and a red cloak that you would see in many different DC comics and animated movies. I just recognize him from Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, he's also in it's Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Yep, yep, yeah. Was Alan Moore Swamp Thing Vertigo also? Yes, yes, I believe so. I think it started DC and then went Vertigo. I can't remember. <laughs> well, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing might is the it's a part that everybody knows. There's Swamp Thing before that, but it's he yes, doesn't really get the big. Swamp Thing before that's also really good. Um, the Bernie Wrightston. Uh, yeah, it's it. uh, it's, a it's a very adult book. It's about a giant plant dude who has sex with a girl with white hair. Anyway, Basically. moving along. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, he goes to hell and he talks to Morningstar and he asks him why he's there. And he says, I'm here to get my shit back. And Lucifer is like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but I actually don't rule hell anymore. There are two other people here that rule it with me. There's three kings. And uh, I forget their name. Beelzebub is one of them, yes, right? Um, as and Beelzebub, Azriel. Uh, flies and, yep, Azrael. Azrael yeah. looks like a giant egg sack made eyes. I don't know what else to say. Oh, beehive <laughs> with eyes and half of it, it looks like an ugly piece of... Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he, he sing, what happens is they don't know which demon it is, so basically they summon every demon in hell to come to them. And when they come, one of them gets singled out by the Sandman, and they play the... He says, all right, well, if you want it back, because there's no... I didn't break any rule rules of hell to get it so if you want it back you have to play me in a game and whoever loses has to spend an eternity in like utter pain being tormented or whatever and um they play this really cool game i'm not sure what the point of it is but it's just a back and forth do you do you guys know what it's called i don't even know what it's called but it's like it's like whatever like pops in your imagination and someone else needs to just like come up with something that will just top that yeah like the first thing 
that he says is uh, he says, I'm a dire wolf, prey stalking lethal power. And the Sandman counters by saying, I'm a hunter, horse mounted, wolf stabbing. And then the demon says, I'm a horsefly, horse stinging, hunter throwing. And then it goes on and on. And Sandman says, I'm a spider fly consuming eight legged. Until eventually they get to the part where he says, the demon says, I'm a Nova, all exploding, planet cremating. And uh, Sandman's like, oh, crap, you know, we've come to the end. And he finally says, well, I'm Hope. And the demon has... The demon's just like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) And at the end of that, and then they grab him and wrap him up in, like, thorns or barbed wire. His mm-hmm. naked body, because you know, of course, you got to make him naked first, and then they wrap him up and pull him down in that into another part of hell. It's great though, because he's he's specifically under the power of Beelzebub, and when they're taking him down, he's like, "Beelzebub, protect me!" And then he's like, "No, sorry, brah, <laughs> you gotta go." Uh, was it just me or Lucifer looked like a freaking like angel in this? Because he's well, I guess he is an angel, so. He looked like uh, the Lucifer chick that too. plays Lucifer in uh, in Constantine the movie. Don't remember. I've seen that movie once, and I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember her name. Eh. I can look it up. <laughs> eh, that's okay. And then he gets the mask. That's the important part. <laughs> yes, you're right. It is mask. Morpheus. Yep, Tilda Swinton. That's her name. She plays Gabriel, not Lucifer. Oh, I didn't know Tilda Swinton was in Constantine. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. <laughs> I forgot that movie exists. It's a good world. one. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and before we let Mike get into the third and kind of final act where he gets the last piece of his equipment back, um, before he leaves hell, Lucifer says, wait a second, why should we let you leave? Like, we could just take you right now. You You have no power to stop us from keeping you here. And Dream says... You say I have no power, perhaps you speak truly, but you say that dreams have no power here? Tell me, Lucifer Morningstar, ask yourselves, all of you, what power would hell have if those here imprisoned were not able to dream of heaven? And without anyone saying anything, they part and just let them walk out. And Lucifer's (laughs) like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) It's great. It's it's pretty fucked up. And then... Uh, the little epilogue or the end part of that, which kind of leads into the next part with Dr. Destiny, is all of a sudden it just shows some crazy guy who call, they call him Destiny. And I didn't know who this was, really, because I never I haven't read a lot of DC comics, but I like it. The sign says Arkham Asylum. Oh, I yeah. Smiled. <laughs> yeah, we should mention that there is a lot of crossover between the actual characters of Justice League and like some villains and everything. They do run into the Sandman in volume one. Yeah, well, you have a couple early parts that we'd mentioned. We mentioned with John Constantine. Also, I like it when John Constantine leaves, or at some point he makes a comment about having to go to a swamp in Virginia. I think it's Virginia or wherever Swamp Thing takes place. I don't have I don't have it pulled up at the moment, but he makes a comment about having to go there to deal with something. Mm-hmm. And I know Constantine plays a big part in the Alan Moore Swamp Thing comics. If I remember He's correctly, actually, um, his first appearance is in Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. okay. That's and cool. I've I've looked at the prices for that. I do not have that kind of money. <laughs> God, hey, hey, it's cheaper than Swamp Thing, I'm sure. Swamp Thing's like four, oh. like a thousand dollar book. Oh yeah, I think that the first appearance of Constantine I've seen it go for as low as three hundred. Damn. That's so yeah, 
<laughs> he doesn't seem like a major character up until like even the movie didn't really. I don't felt I didn't collect comics back then, but I feel like it's the the Arrowverse that made him more popular. Uh, yeah, and well, he did have his little own show for like two seasons, I think. Yeah, how'd that go? One, <laughs> only one. Yeah, I think it was canceled immediately. It was canceled <laughs> real fast. It did not do well. No, and I gave it a chance too. I probably watched, I want to say, at least six episodes, and I was just like, no, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> like the acting was good, but the story was lacking. Never seen it. Probably never will. But okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next part, it does. It takes it takes the reins away from Mister Sandman, and it brings you to a different character that you hadn't met before. The, the little end of that last comic, which is Doctor Destiny in Arkham Asylum, and this is an old, frail-looking man with no missing teeth, no hair, and naked for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, who's trying? Who's a, who killed the guard and escaped? Trying to escape captivity and he ends up walking by and seeing somebody hanging themselves and i thought that was just hilarious because it's as he's talking to the guy who's not dying as dr crane as we all know a scarecrow right and i like that scene and he's you know he's just talking about how you know okay i'll see you when you get back he's like i'm not coming <laughs> back he's like sure i'll see you when you get back and <laughs> and then as he's walking out there and he even tells if you see the joker tell him to hurry back it is an April Fool's Day without his little jokes or something, which I just thought was, I really like the little references to the rest of the universe. And then you also, as he's walking by, he sees a guy that's, that is being hung. For, I'm assuming it was the Scarecrow. This is a scientist kicking in the back. Maybe joke. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's specified. I, I just like how everyone in Arkham is like kind of friends. They're all this little click like, oh, we'll miss you after you do your crimes and Batman brings you back. <laughs> Catch you then. It's accurate, isn't it? It is. They all come back. <laughs> it's great, though. And then, then he ends up, as he's trying to escape, he ends up stopping a car. And of course, you know, if you see somebody standing in front of you with a gun, just pull over and stop. That makes sense. Don't just run them over. Just stop one. Especially when they're naked, you know. And then he, I like, he comes in, he stops, he's like, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> and the next part, maybe you can explain a little bit more for oh. me. I know it's. I yes. could explain this one. Okay, that works um, for me. This introduces Scott Free, who is um, Mr. Miracle. Okay. He was introduced in Jack Kirby's Fourth World. Basically, he's a superhero that's an escape artist. Mm-hmm. Basically, escape anything. Um, the Fourth World's kind of complicated. Um, he was, um, I believe he's Darkseid's... Or, no, he was... Um, he was uh, Darkseid's adopted kid that was raised by Granny okay. Goodness. Yeah, Granny Goodness. Yeah. Because Jar- Darkseid traded crazy. him with the other... He traded his son for a son to create peace between the worlds, right? Oh! Yes. His son yes. is Orion, right? The guy in yeah. the pack that was, some re- that was for some reason in the Justice League during our Guess the Superman reading that we did earlier on the show. Is yeah, that right, like- yeah. Yes, they traded it like um, you they traded me, Orion for Scott uh, Scott Free, okay, um, for like peace between the worlds or something. And he hates him right here or something because it looks like he's in a in a very I know it's just a dream where you in the, in the scene that you do see this issue, but it isn't like it looks like a freaking hell. So uh, Granny Goodness does a good job just torturing Scott Free. Actually, the reason that um, Sandman wants to um, the reason Sandman like asked him for help was um, to give him a name because she just called him like Scott Free as like a joke. Just <laughs> Scott Free. Like, yep. <laughs> I just got that. I am so slow. 
<laughs> so yeah, she didn't even really give him like a real name, so that's why um, when Sandman like comes up to him, he says, "You want to name Scott Free? I'm a friend. I've come to reclaim something of mine, a ruby." Okay, oh, yeah. I knew who he was because he's Mister. What the hell, Mister Miracle? Mister Miracle. Okay, I know of him from comics and other from some other comics and some things that I have read in the past or seen or mainly in their podcast I listen to they talk about him a lot because they're really big DC fans. Mm. But so I, that's the only way I knew of. Andrew's been hounding me to read that those that little run too. Who who does that run? Tom um, King. Mr. Tom King. That's right. We yeah, also need to read. We need to read yeah. that vision run. To be honest, but his vision his. Um, his vision run is really good. I think his Mr. Miracle run is even better. <laughs> I have to do that on this show coming up here. Yeah, no. they they will be on the show at some point, just so everyone knows. <laughs> even though, yeah, it just takes us a while because we only do these once a month, so we don't get as many out. Mm-hmm. All right, and the next part, and it kind of goes back and forth. It shows you with Doctor Destiny and this random woman that doesn't matter, and then she's like, "If you try to kill me, my husband's a hitman for the mafia," and I thought that was funny. But that also comes <laughs> and then so he's taking her he's her gunpoint they're talking and he's apologizing for who he is and that he didn't mean it that he's just trying to get help and then he's got it and she's driving him to the storage place somewhere in I don't remember what state they're in but and they're just driving and you know he's talking and they're getting closer and closer as this go as this goes and it kind of jumps back and forth to Sandman who's with Scott Free and I think are they in the are they in the watchtower or are they just they're somewhere yeah yeah they're in the watchtower. And Scott Free is asking himself, he's like, who could I call this early in the morning? And he thinks of Batman, and then he's like, no, no, you know, I'll yeah, call... Batman uh, would Marge- be working right now. Yeah, he'd be working right now. He's like, so I'll call John, John Johns and uh, the Martian Manhunter. And as soon as they get there, Martian Manhunter sees the Sandman, but he sees him as like a, a, like a demon or something, something else. Like a god of some sort from Mars. Like god. Yeah. And he tells Giant him like I'm skull. Yeah. And he and Sandman asks him, he's like, you know, I need help seeking this ruby. And John thinks about it. And uh he says it's in a storage. And he's like, Where? Warehouse upstate Gotham. That's what it's that's where it is. Little town called Mayhew. Yep. And Sandman disappears, and then that's when we go back to Dr. Destiny who's in the car and they're still talking. And then you see the sign that says Mayhew five miles. So they're right about to collide with each other. And then Sandman is using people's dreams to get there. And it shows different scenes, different people's dreams as he's jumping through there. Cause that's how he travels is through people's dreams to get where he's trying to get to, which is the Mayhew mm-hmm. story. Correct. And then he ends up finding the Ruby before Dr. Destiny does. And I swear, I don't know Dr. Destiny from anything before, but in the, in the picture that I did see him, he looks like the freaking Taskmaster from Marvel. Even though I know he's nothing like that character, but he has a skull face. Or maybe like Skeletor, a blue cloak. He is a lot like Taskmaster. The story I remember of Dr. Destiny is from the Justice League animated series where he is sentenced to, I think, Arkham, and they experiment on him. And then he gets the power to go in dreams, and put pe- when people go to sleep, he gets to keep them asleep Ooh. in their dreams i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> it's been a long time but i vaguely remember this mm-hmm. and he's he has to come up with a name because his real name is john d or something and he's like who's the hell is gonna remember john d and he's like d dr destiny 
and then that's where his name comes from. Okay, I kind of want to watch the episode now. Huh. It's a great episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. That whole show was great. Was not mm-hmm. everything oh, about yeah. that show was great. <laughs> but and then he he find he finds the ruby and without even thinking he grabs it and over time because some years the ruby has been corrupted by Doctor Destiny and then ends up knocking him out and he completely just passes out in front of the ruby. Mm-hmm. And and then a really awesome scene happens where uh, <laughs> Doctor Destiny gets there and he's like, "Oh, uh, Rosemary, who's the chick that he was he's been in the car with all this time?" He says, "Your husband Harry is he really a mafia hitman?" She's like, Harry? She's like, oh, God, no. It was just something I said when I was, you know, scared you were a dangerous crazy or something. Harry's a high school teacher, and he says, oh, well, I don't suppose it would have made any difference either way. And then he shoots her in the face. <laughs> Sorry. I love that. I love that scene. <laughs> a lot of dark humor. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but then... um. Uh, Dr. Destiny goes in, steps over the Sandman, and grabs the jewel and leaves. Mike, you want to explain what happens? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and then, so Dr. Destiny leaves with the amulet, and it gets his a really fucked up issue. So he goes to a diner, and in this diner, has he's just sitting there, he orders a coffee or whatever, no one's suspecting, and it has all these people who are ha- who have di- who are sitting at this diner, there's different conversations are going on, it talks about the waitress wants to write a book, or is writing a book or something that she's never published, and all these different people, and everything seems normal. And if you just keep reading, Doctor Destiny sitting there drinking his coffee, looks like a madman. He has hair now, still just looks <laughs> ugly as hell and insane. And he's just sitting there, and everything's normal, and people are just being normal. And all of a sudden, things start getting strange. Um, they start mm-hmm. saying things that they should that they shouldn't be saying. They start imagining things the tv says some weird stuff as he's watching tv and all the characters just start acting very strange it doesn't click right away that they're he's making them all dream like there's one image of a husband and wife and she has his head on a platter and i gotta say for some (laughs) reason i don't i i'm assuming it wasn't coincidence he looks like trump from the 1980s (laughs) i'm I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, and he's married. I mean, and he's married an older woman too in this in this comic, which I can't I can't remember if Trump's first marriage was an old. I think it might have been an older woman, but I could be wrong. I can't remember. I think it was Ivanka. But, <laughs> how was it? No, Ivanka. Ah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. and then it it gets even weirder. Like they have a scene where um Doctor Destiny naked is riding on top of is on top of their right on top of their shoulders, and I'm like, okay, it's strange enough. And then all of a sudden, one guy cuts off his finger and feeds it to him or something. I'm just like, what yep. the hell? <laughs> and they all start killing each other and having sex, whatever the hell they're doing. It just gets really messed up. And then they start realizing that it's Tim that's causing this. And they confront him. And then it just says like hour 15, hour 16. And I, it isn't. And then and here's a scene where she freaking na- somebody nails the guy's hand to the to the table and just keeps doing it. And he's, mm-hmm. it just gets messed up. Yeah, you you start to actually see how you start to see how messed up Doctor Destiny really is with this power in his hands. Like how dark and evil and sinister this guy is. He just he does not have any quarrels with making people dream about the worst shit possible. (laughs) And the thing is, they're not even dreaming at this point. They're everything they're doing is real, and you end up the the scene ends at hour twenty two. 
and they're all dead. There's a head decapitated a woman shoved a nail and or something through her eye. I mean, and he just leaves. He's like, okay, time to go. And that's yeah. when Sandman walks in to stop him. And, and he's just like, glad you're here. I was starting to get, it was starting to get a bit boring. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's really fucked up. But uh, yeah, but he says, and then you, it, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I'm not sure what he said. Sorry, you skipped the next issue. <laughs> well, he just he just says you've robbed me of it. He's like, I cannot use it, and I'm no longer strong enough strong enough to repair the havoc alone. Can you not see what you're doing? You must listen. And Doctor Destiny's like, this is yours. Oh, your soul is in the heart of this jewel. It's yours, and I stole your power. I've been using it all these years. I see. And he says, very well. He says, I'm gonna. Why would I give my baby to you? I'm going to kill you. And Sandman says, kill me with the power of my own ruby. Perhaps he could if he absorbed too much of my soul stuff already. But uh, I see you would have to fight me. Mortal, you will not take me unprepared. And then he puts his mask on. And... Stupid alien mask. I don't like it. And then they I fight in like a weird dream world, which is mm-hmm. really confusing. And of course, he's still naked. Because, you know, why not? Because <laughs> it's so. Dr. Destiny. <laughs> is he always naked in the or I guess vertical so they can do what they want like draw like mm-hmm. they, yeah so you have naked you have naked Dr. Destiny fighting him it's just I didn't really care for this issue like I just and then eventually Sandman does win of course and he ends up getting his ruby back and it was just strange as hell I did not actually yeah. he doesn't I don't and think then he ends he up going back the ruby back hmm? um, uh, Dr. Destiny oh, just oh, destroys you're right. the ruby you're right he, he destroys it and that releases his power back to yeah. him and then he takes Dr. Destiny back to Arkham, where Scarecrow jumps out and goes, boo! And he's like, oh, wait, sorry. Hang on, I can't see anything without my spectacles. <laughs> but he basically it's takes weird. him back to like, Arkham. I, I, yeah. it, it, it shows you how, I guess, how dastardly of a character he is. Trust me, for a character that I don't really have any type of connection with and never even heard of before. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I do. I mean, I've watched that Justice League episode, but I don't remember it because it's been, been a long time since I've seen that episode. Yeah, it's it's really good. I I appreciate the flashes part where he's just sitting down, watching this cartoon of himself taking out bad guys, and all the little kids are like, "What's a cur?" And he's like, "What's a cur? Uh, never mind. I don't know." <laughs> and no recall. Yeah, and then all the little kids just start turning into monsters and trying to eat them. It's great. <laughs> the only thing I really remember for that show is there's one scene where Flash like, I'm the fastest man alive, and Wonder Woman's like, no wonder you can't get a date. He's like, what? And he just goes completely over his head. I, I do love that scene. That's one, of the, that, that's one of the... There's a lot of great scenes in that show, like when Batman sings, How Blue I Am, to save Wonder Woman. That's another oh, great God. one. And he doesn't think she heard him, and then she's like, and she starts singing it, and he just walks away, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I, it's been a long time, but just I do love that scene. Mm-hmm. All right, and then that kind of wraps up the main arc of the first of the of this first volume. And you have one more issue that we do want to talk about because it is the end of this arc, and I guess the beginning of the next volume, which we are not right. doing on this episode. It's, it's kind of an epilogue that leads into talking about. Uh, Sandman's sister, who is deaf, and the last the last issue is just them talking in I think it's Central Park, and they're feeding it pigeons. Starts off in Central Park, it goes elsewhere, but I do like mm-hmm. he's sitting there just feeding 
feeding pigeons and someone kicks a soccer ball and he just catches it without even looking because, you know, he's a god. So mm-hmm. I did like that. Uh, and, yeah. and there's this kid playing ball and then this girl walks over who looks like him, like a goth of black hair wearing all black with a, I didn't notice before, a cross on her chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just like, she just talks like she doesn't even know who he is. Not a cross. What's it called? It's like oh, some Egyptian an death. Thing. You're right. It's an yeah. onk. I I I had I scrolled farther than I realized that I was mistaking it. I saw uh-huh. a better image of it. Uh-huh. But I do like it how she it acts like at first like he, they don't even know each other. They just start randomly talking. And then uh-huh. it takes a little bit then then he reveals that it's his sister and that she's deaf. Also I love that like death is like the most upbeat thing in this whole um volume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like out of all things. She's like super excited to see him. She's yeah. like, "Oh, I missed you, brother. Like, how's it been?" <laughs> Starts yelling well, at him oh, because she's worried at him, worried about him. Yeah. He didn't call for help something all this time. Yeah, yeah. She says, "You could have called me, you know." And he says, "I didn't want to worry you." <laughs> but he basically what he's saying. The reason he's talking to his sister is because he's kind of relieving his feelings about how when he felt like he got all the pieces of himself back that he would feel whole. But for some reason, he just feels like nothing. And he, uh, and she's like, well, like why? And then that's when he explains, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like nothing. (laughs) Took away his will. Like it's the idea that you you go after something, you're going after this goal, and using real life too, and you're working so hard to get this goal, you get the goal, and you realize that, oh, what do I do now? I spent all this time trying to achieve this one goal. I don't know what to do anymore. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it is. I mean, and, I, I've uh, been there before, especially in a very non-important thing when I used to play Final Fantasy XI. Hey, I got the Carinzo sword. Oh, what do I what do I do oh, now? The stupid game. Yeah. Oh man, X-Plus. that's probably the anything to some people. <laughs> also, I love I, when the um, kid kicks the ball and she catches it. Um, <laughs> he then like says, uh, "Can I see you sometime?" And she's just like, "Yeah, you'll see me real soon." <laughs> uh, I guess the line is, uh, "So hey, Fox, like, uh, you want a soda? Could I see you again?" She's like, "Sir Franklin, you'll see me again soon." <laughs> and he's like, "Wait a second, how she know my name?" Uh, and then they're gone. <laughs> Like Batman, except they actually teleport. They don't just hide in the darkness and fly away or whatever the hell he does. Mm-hmm. But it's <laughs> it's like kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool how they are brother and sister because he goes on this journey with her where she has to uh, do her appointments, which because she's deaf, <laughs> she's going to meet people who are going to die. And you get to see all these people like die in weird ways. Like one guy gets electrocuted uh, and then it gets to a really sad one where a mother is nursing a baby and they're just standing there watching in the background and death and goes, picks up the baby and uh, uh, the mom comes back and she starts crying, dropping the bottle because the baby's dead. That one was depressing. That one hit. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's really well written and drawn though. It's great. Like the first, the first, like the first two aren't so bad. It's an old man sitting there playing, on his violin, who realizes it's time to go, and then you know someone else, a comedian gets electrocuted, and then like you said, the baby one. That's the one that was just like, oh, because you know what's coming at that. We're like, oh no, <sighs> but I mean, she's deaf, and that's what she does, and it, you know, she goes and collects people, right? And, and, then, 
there's this very famous line in all of Sandman where some guy gets angry that she's coming for him. She's like, hi, I'm death. I'm here to take you. And he's like, but why? Like, why me? Why now? Like, what do I get? Why does this happen to me? What do I get? And she says, you get the same thing everyone else gets. You get a life. (laughs) That's kind of, I don't know. (laughs) And then, and then the final part is you have them, you see Franklin get hit by a car. And then, and then he's like, and then he ends up seeing death. And he's like, hey, it's you. Once you said you see me again soon, I didn't think you meant this soon. And then that's when Sandman and leaves her. And then she's like, and, and she takes him to the other side and tells him what she's happened. She's just like, yeah, there's something you should probably see here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Franklin. The last, <laughs> the last scene, he goes back to feeding his pigeon and he kind of, he feels better. He found the solace. And even though he accomplished his goal, it doesn't mean that his life doesn't have meaning anymore. Like what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's still really sad. This whole book was often like this last issue was just made me want to just made me very sad. Wasn't it so spooky? <laughs> yeah, none of this was really that spooky other than Dr. Destiny. But I mean, I think people think of Sam and people do think of horror and into a degree. I'm assuming it gets more spooky and more darker as you read other issues. I've read up to volume six, which is where I stopped reading. I couldn't get into volume six. I'm sure seven, eight, nine, ten are better, but uh, it doesn't really get. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really get that spooky per se. It just kind of goes. It tells more tales of the family, like because they're like death and salmon aren't the only part of the family. There's like despair and famine or something, and then it also talks about other people like making bets with death. Uh, some dude who lives forever and the Sandman always goes and visits him. Just really cool stories. Like volume one is definitely an opener where the rest of them actually explore the universe a bit more. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do. I will probably read rest, more of this again someday. Yeah, I'll definitely there. pick up like the second volume soon. It, it interests oh, man. me. Volume two is so damn good. You guys are in for a treat. (laughs) (laughs) Originally, we thought about doing volume one and two, but then we decided against it. Mm -hmm. That we did. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't know how long we've been recording (laughs) for due to reasons. (laughs) I think it's under an hour. (laughs) Close to that, I think. All right. Any last things? One thing I I should bring up that normally I would say earlier in the show, but I forgot to. Um, I do want to ask, had anybody besides Stefan, have either you or Andrew read this at any point before? Or not you or Andrew, me or Andrew ever read this before? Or what they knew about Sandman before coming into this, this episode? It was, was something that I've been meaning to read for a while, but no, I never got around to it until this episode. Same. It's I've heard about it because of a podcast, and I knew it existed, but I never, never would have, I never would have had anything to do with it if it wasn't for this podcast. I would have mm-hmm. probably got to it eventually, but I'm not sure when. I mean, I have had it re- recommended to people, recommended to me, recommended to me by people such as like James from Overblood, but I just never gave it, <coughs> never cared enough. I'm not a big comic reader. I've always just kind of stayed away from it. Mike says that, but he has like every Invaders comic or something. What almost, is it? I have almost the whole run of volume one of Invaders from the 70s. <laughs> I think I'm missing maybe the... I. I think I'm missing annual number one and I have the giant size and I have 
the whole run otherwise. And I don't have their first appearance, which is in an Avengers issue. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> but I can't. The problem is I have all my bo- all my comics were put away in a box and the box is in storage. And there's a lot of trouble that would be involved in getting that box comic out to figure out what I'm missing. So I actually go and buy it. Right. So, <laughs> otherwise, I would because except also the issues I'm missing aren't cheap issues anymore. Like they're not just dollar bin or three dollar issues. They're more expensive. Right. I assume so. Well, at least tell everyone, like, because we've been doing this for, like, what, four episodes now, five. Are you enjoying reading comics now that you're kind of being reading them for the show? As long as they don't involve Freddy and Jason and Jason, I'm I'm enjoying them. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty bad comic. (laughs) Oh, oh God. It it was a good episode. Terrible comic. That's true. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, yes, I, I do enjoy reading again. Like it, it's nice to be doing this. Yeah, it's, I've been enjoying it too because I get to relive old issues of stuff that I either liked or didn't like, or new stuff which Mike referred to the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. That some of it was good, some of it wasn't. <laughs> you're also into those characters. I'm not really into those characters or anything to do with that world. That's true. So for me, it was just a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah, you were along for the ride. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for doing this episode with me, guys. Brown. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> it was good to have you back. I was good to finally record this. We've actually been meaning to record this one now for, what, like almost a month? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. We just had oh, we had gotten around to it. I remember last time Andrew was like, all right, I'm ready. And I was like, oh, I have to tell him the bad news. We're putting it off a week <laughs> again. And that was the second time we put it off, too. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, how we yeah, we finally got it done. Yep. Behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen bullshit. <laughs> Evans a lot with podcasting. Should but you tell didn't... everyone what happened this episode, Mike? <laughs> sure, we'll put it in here. Um, you probably won't notice, but there was at one point where we're, while we're recording, and unfortunately, since I'm the guy that does the record, that is recording on my end, I've lost somehow. Don't know why. I just lost internet completely. I just disappeared. Yet Netflix is still running next to me, and everything was fine. Or Amazon Prime, everything how it is, and everything's fine. And all of a sudden, I'm talking, talking. I'm like, wait a second, why is this little circle on the bottom of my screen? And I click on Skype. No, no internet, and. <laughs> So I'm like, oh my god, I'm trying to get back in the call, but since I'm the one that made the call, I'm the one doing the recording, the recording just stopped. Thank god it still saves, plus I have a backup running in the background for this, in case such issues happen. (laughs) So, when you're listening to the final product, I've pieced it together by now. Yes, (laughs) and me and Andrew were like, Mike? Mike? <laughs> My- you see, now if you were doing, if so, like if it would happen to you where you just disconnect, we, and I had, and I'm doing the one recording, everything would just keep flowing smoothly, it would just keep going, and then we just have you come back in, which has happened before. Right. But it never happened to the guy recording it lost the connection. <laughs> oh. uh, we're just like, what, what do we do now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, right. um, I do want to give. I do want to say, if you like what you listen to, even though I know we did break down Sandman, I I would say go read it. You can, I mean, go read more than just volume one, but it's something, you know, even like any comic, yes, we can break down the story. Yes, we're giving you a basic knowledge of what you're getting yourself, what it is. 
but there's so much more to we just gave you the first sample of the story of what there is out there for this entire 76 issue run that many people consider one of the greatest comic book stories i, I feel like that's not i'm not i'm not guilty in saying that i think people actually believe well it's something that people believe yeah that's fair and uh I think it's pretty obvious. We really don't have to go over it too much, but we're probably all going to put this on our shelves, I imagine. Definitely. Um, so we're not. Ooh, gonna, we're just going to do the quick version of it. Uh, we can do. We can talk about it. Yeah. I just didn't know if you were going to skip over it, so I was like, I'm guessing that's I, what we're doing. I almost <laughs> did, and then I'm like, oh, and then I remembered it as I was talking, and I was just getting there. Mm-hmm. But Stefan, why don't you go? We'll do shelf for box. Stefan, why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, when I got to Sandman Volume 1, this was completely, like Mike said, on the internet. Yeah, I was looking for something new to read that wasn't going to be people in tights. And I just kept thinking, like, well, what's one of the things that everyone talks about? And Sandman entered my head. And I have, I'm lucky enough that I have a record store near me where I can go there, and they generally have graphic novels, like, under $10, no matter what it's it is. weird record no matter store, what. okay. It's it's an amazing place. It's called Zia Records. Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> I I picked it up, and like I said earlier, I didn't I didn't know what was going on at the beginning of the novel. Uh, you don't know what's going on. It's just throwing things at you. Like here's here's the general beginning plot, <clears throat> and later on, as you pick up, you I immediately got sucked into it when Dream escapes from his capsule that he's being held in, I was just on board. And the next day I picked up volume two, volume three, volume four, volume five. I got all the ones they had. And I read up to volume six, which is where I stopped. But it's great. Volume one is amazing. If you're even remotely interested in Sandman, please, I implore you. I forced these two people to go read it. You should go read it. Well, <laughs> it's going on it yeah, it's it's going on my shelf. <laughs> All right, Andrew, how about you? Yeah, definitely going on my shelf. I'll probably be picking up volume two soon. <laughs> it will be a while before we do it on this show, so feel free. <laughs> it, it won't be anytime soon. We don't tend, especially with us only doing these once a month. It will be a. It will probably be some time before we dig back into it mm-hmm. because yeah, I, I have other stuff I want to read. <laughs> yep. So, all right, I'll blast. Um, I'm going to put this on the shelf, too. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I did enjoy it. There were, like, the first couple issues, I had a really hard time reading issues one through three or so before it, and before it really got going for me. And it was the constant thing, when that arc happened, that really grabbed me, and then I just kept reading, which is issue three. And it ended up being really good. I, I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I was expecting to. And I ended up, when I got to the last couple issues, I couldn't stop reading. I had to just, I just kept reading all like one night. I just sat there and just read like six, seven, eight. And these are not simple reads. Like you, you look at current comics, lots of images, not a lot of text bubbles. Everything goes by quick. This one took a lot to absorb and a lot of information to digest and get through. But definitely going to go true. on the shelf because it, it's, it, it deserves it. Yeah, this is back when writers used to write. And I'll give a perfect example. When I took an uh, airplane flight from Arizona to California, it only takes like 45 minutes. And I had two issues of Chris Claremont's Uncanny X-Men run uh, with me on that flight. I didn't even finish issue two by the time we landed. There's a right. lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is like so much more writing going on back 
back then than there is today, where I could oh. probably pick up an issue, anything, and read it, finish it in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Long before we started this podcast, I once told myself, I'm going to read Avengers, and I started Avengers 1. I got to mm. maybe 10 before that, that plan was done. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I could no, not. I, I mean, those that. early... <laughs> Those, those six, the comics in the 60s, Silver's Age, I mean, I love collecting them and I love the covers. I can't read them. Just can't do it. It's, I can do it's, some, it's, like, um, Jack Kirby's Fourth World is still really good. We might have to I, do that on the show. That would, involve yeah, a lot of that would be very, it's about 1,500 pages. <laughs> I haven't read oh, the whole thing. Right, that will not be happening <laughs> on this show. Spoiler <laughs> alert, we're not doing that. <laughs> we do too much other crap on the show to do that. Yeah, if I, if I in a perfect world, if Mike had the time and was willing to do it, I would make right Mike read all of Chris Claremont's Uncanny X Men, but that is not possible. <laughs> I'm still so, happily make my way through it. Yeah, even even Andrew hasn't finished it, and he started what like a year ago or something. No, it was only like a few months ago, I believe. Uh, oh, okay, I can't remember, but it's, only <laughs> it's been, like been a, a while. Months. I did. <laughs> read giant size x-men number one so that counts right that's all i need to read i read that <laughs> that's I a good start reprint i want to read and i read yeah. hulk i read hulk 180 and 181 so you know i read that oh, those are good issues yes, <laughs> i have a reprint actually sitting in front of me of hulk 181 it looks just like it but the price takes is four dollars so mm. but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, funny story before we wrap this up we're about to end this podcast um there, there was, okay so i was at a comic book store and i'm digging through their dollar their quarter bin i'm just looking around and all of a sudden i see a fantastic 456 i think what's the first appearance of black panther okay we'll cut out oh, the silence it's I not it's 56 i don't think 52 i was close Okay, mm -hmm. so it was Fantastic Four number 52, and all of a sudden my jaw just drops. I'm like, this guy not know what he has. And I pick it up, and it, it looks exactly the same. <laughs> and everything looks the same. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the price, you know, you know, the cover. The cover felt a little off. I'm like, this seems like a bad material. I flip it open. Everything looks, looks a little odd, but it looks normal. I'm like, okay. So I grab a stack of comics, put it in this pile. And I, oh, I found he's in the quarter bin as you know he's scanning him do to do and i'm like oh my god did i just find like a treasure and it was a reprint of fantastic four 52 uh, <laughs> and the, it sucks. really looks the same it had the same type of look to it except the price tag wasn't there the 12 cents which i didn't catch right away but everything else looked exactly the same and it just but the cover was like a cardstock cover and just felt off or something from that era and it didn't feel old <laughs> like what the hell but i I mean, I only paid 25 cents for it, and I have a reprint of it. It looks cool, but I, I really thought for a second I got one on them. I have, uh, I actually own issues one through four of Black Panther and the original run. Those have a little bit of value to them. Yeah, now. they're not, it's not too high, but he, yeah. it, Before that movie came out, he was not a high book. You could have bought it easily for under 100. Oh, yeah. Now, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That's my that's my <laughs> funny story. I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. All uh, right. Any last things you guys want to say? Uh, go read Sandman right now. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no last things you want to say. All right. <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to the podcast I mentioned earlier, Movement Radio. There will be a link in the show notes. They talk about wrestling, among other things. I want to thank Bulby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, who let us use the music, Cool Kid, cool kid Squad from his EP, Bite the Bullet. 
Did I say that right? Eh, who knows? Um, follow him on YouTube. <laughs> and it's been a one hell of a recording. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I possibly post images of what's coming up. I do want to appreciate everyone who's taking time out to listen to these bonuses that we do. Or they're not really bonuses anymore, extra content that we're giving you guys. And also please spread the word. If people, you know, people like podcasts, have them subscribe to the show and help. That's I mean that that's one way you can really help podcasts out is spreading us like we're the T Vitors. All right. Thank you everyone. <laughs> you have a wonderful night, everybody. Mr. Sandman. Won't you give me a dream? Of course, I didn't pull it up before I started this. I was actually originally I was going to sing it. That's not happening right now. <laughs> it's been a hell of a night. All right, bye everybody. Bye.